You're listening to Post Dramatic Stress, hosted by Charlotte D. A weekly podcast to connect creatives and communicate about the highs, lows, and laughs of being in a creative industry. Hello, and welcome to episode eight of Post Dramatic Stress. Um, today I am rejoined by Isabella Jacqueline, um, who I will call Bella. She is co-hosting with me today, so welcome back, Bella. Thank you. Glad to be back, Charlotte. Lovely to have you again. Um, and more excitingly, sorry, Bella, but it is for me, um, I'm also joined um, by the wonderful Fern Nicholson. Hi, Fern. How are you Hi. going? Hi. Thank you so much for coming on board today. Fern, um, for those of you that don't know, in Perth or in Australia, is the um, owner and founder of an academy called Nicholson's Academy of Screen Acting, um, which I've had the pleasure of being able to attend um, for training. Um, But she brings a wealth of experience, not just training, but in the industry herself. And today we're planning to talk about the actor's craft and career. So Fern is just the most perfect person you could have for that topic. So welcome. Thank thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Um, Fern, so that, you know, audiences who don't know you know a little bit more about you, I'd love to hear about your creative journey, maybe. Oh, Um, wow. Okay. You know, how did you how did you come to be where you are now? Well, I was very very young. So when I say very very young, I mean four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and trust me, that was a very very long time ago. So um, it was in London. Um, I grew up and did most of my schooling in London. Um, I actually got pulled out of gym class one day, um, and my teacher said, "I I want you to audition for something." And I remember looking at them thinking audition for something because I did the whole modelling and um, tap and ballet and you know, the things that girls used to get shoved into when they were young. Yep. But when I became, I guess, about 10 or 11, then things started. I, as I said, it, it picked me. I didn't have anything to do with it. Um, and my gym teacher told me to audition and I did and I got it. And I think I was really excited because I could get out of math class. <laughs> um, so for me, it was, oh, I don't need to do math. This is great. I can go and do all this stuff they called rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to do it. And then it grew and grew and grew. And I started to enjoy it. Um, and then they, I went to an amateur theatre group and I started that. And then it was, okay, um, my parents thought, you're doing okay here. Um, Let's see if you can do more. Mm-hmm. So I did. And then I ended up at RADA. Don't even ask me how that happened. Um, <laughs> because I you're did, talented, probably. I, yes, <laughs> I would <can> imagine. <laughs> it was, it, everything was just a... At the time, it felt like a blur. It was like, oh, yeah, it was just something you were meant to do. Yeah, yeah you just do this. I was never good at school, never good at school. I was an absolute dropout. Mm. Um, But the one thing I loved was history and this thing they call drama. But all my training was in theatre. So I did many, many, many years of theatre and, strangely enough, musical theatre because I used to sing a lot when I was a young kid and teenager and right up until I think I was about in my 20s, I used to sing. So... Musical theatre was everything. So I started doing musical theatre. Um, and then I found myself in the West End doing lots of shows um, and loving it. But there was never any, I don't know, there was no, in my head there was no big deal. It was just something I would 
I did. You were it, just on I that path. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't stop to think about it. I didn't stop to analyse it. I never gave it any thought. It was just something that made me feel so very free. Mm. And I think because of my childhood, in terms of it was a very strict childhood, mm. it was things that I could be that I couldn't wise other be. Mm. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, and it was a very personal reason, that's why I loved it so much because mm. I could express things that I perhaps couldn't or wouldn't be allowed to express at home. So I, and yes, yeah, so it really was something. I don't ever remember saying, I want to be an actor. Yeah. I don't ever remember that. I did say I want to be a singer, yeah. <laughs> but I never said it about acting. So th- that's how it all came about. And I ended up, uh, it was very, I felt at home on a stage. Um, Mm. I felt at home in front of a screen but then my training helped me with that because I went from screen to stage in the same day all the time in training so um, it became something that was organic Mm. it just it flowed and I didn't have time and I think I was too young at that time to even know what the word analyze meant so I never ever used to analyze so I never ever found there was no fear um I guess that's what happens, though, when you pick up something like this when you're young mm. because kids don't have that. You just Yeah, you don't have that same filter, mm. you know, when you try to approach it from an adult. You've got mm. all these boundaries to get mm. through because yes. it's not a sensible thing to do, yeah. whereas if you've always done it, it's a natural yeah. evolution, which is you're so lucky. Um, <laughs> so you had this love and this path that you were just sort of on, and then what made you want to transform that into training other actors oh boy what happened um I came to Australia I got married to a wonderful man Mm -hmm. I had four wonderful children so as you can see years were going by (laughs) um so acting stopped singing stopped um and I concentrated on focused on being a mother and a wife um and so for me Unfortunately, um, it, it's not unfortunate anymore because it's 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 wonderful now. But my husband and I um, had a divorce. We got a divorce back in the mid nineties. Um, so my children were very very small, and I have four sons, um, and there's six years between them. So I became a single mum mm. with four sons, and I loved the craft so much. But I knew that I was not prepared to compromise my children. I felt they'd already lost something big um, and I wanted to be both mum and dad because I had to be yeah. um, and I couldn't bear the thought of leaving them to pursue this industry. Um, I just couldn't. Yeah. But I don't ever, it's really weird because I don't ever remember, and it's funny because I used to do things like film myself and do scenes and do monologues and I loved it yet it gave me that buzz that spark and then when the kids just before I got divorced I went to an acting class um and I made sure that I didn't tell anybody that I'd had training or anything I just just let's just go in and see what new things but I found that when I did that there was not much in in way of screen here um there was a lot more theatre um but there wasn't much in way of screen and it was something I really really missed so I don't remember consciously making a decision and saying, I'm going to leave this industry. 
I don't remember doing that, but I, it was subconscious. Yeah. I decided, no, I'm not going to pursue this. Um, but I have a lot. I knew I had a lot to give. And I didn't want to leave the industry because it would have been the end of part of who Fern was. So the next best thing mm. was teach what I had learned and what I had experienced through the years of training to teach other people. Um, so I had a chance of getting excited for other people getting where I most probably would have pursued at that time had my situation been different. I have today absolutely no regret at having made those calls for myself, none at all, because what I have with my boys now is priceless. Mm. So it was the best decision um, that was made on a subconscious level that I've ever done. Um, so that's why I decided I don't want to leave this industry completely and pretend to be someone I'm not. Mm. This was who I am and it was almost, it would have been terrible denial and yeah. saying, no, you know, I can find something else. There was nothing else. There was nothing else. Um, that was the one thing that would make me, apart from my children, it was the one thing that made me glow from the inside. So that's when I decided, okay, um, I'm going to start teaching. And that's how I did it. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, I'm inspiring. I know, we're both lost in your story just there. Um, that, that's, I think that's phenomenal. And I think, you know, you've got that beautiful... Uh, connection with your children that like you say is priceless mm. but not only that you have a wealth of experience to use in your acting career anyway <laughs> you know nothing is it, it, it's almost like without knowing it you were still kind of continuing your training yeah you know much. but yeah, very much yeah but you didn't you just when you had like when you did found your acting school and that having so much experience in all these areas through all those years mm. how did you like streamline to bring what you considered paramount to acting into your class environment well before i started acting i actually used to run personal development courses here in perth um, and over in asia and in sydney so personal development became a very big part of my personal life because of the way my life was and everything, personal development was very, very important. I had to be strong, and it wasn't just for me, but I had to be strong for my children. I had to be there whenever they needed me. So um, I used to run those courses. I did a, um, a degree in metaphysical and transpersonal training back then, and my dream back then, I'll never forget when someone asked me, was I would like to do my personal development, because it's actually as close to me as acting is, um, my personal development and my acting, if only I could find a way of bringing them together. And I remember saying this, saying, I wonder if that's possible. I wonder if I can, you know, merge the two. Mm. And that way I get to help the actor as a person and then help them in a craft. Yeah. So um, it was trying to get them together um, it was quite easy because I'd had, I had everything in my head. Everything just had to come down. And doing that first class was amazing. <laughs> it was just crazy because it was everything was coming out. Um, I couldn't stop the flow <laughs> of information coming out. And it was through the first class that I realised, Fern, perhaps we need some structure here. <laughs> so um, you know, 
it was just a case of sitting down when the kids were asleep and, and writing down the things that were really important and what I would do from this point um, when the actor first walks into my class. What do I want for them? That was the big question. What do I want for them? What do I, I so want for them to get to? And then it was, okay, well, all these little things are going to make up the strength of the actor. All these little things are going to slowly start teaching them techniques and skills. So, you know, it kind of came together. Thank God. Yeah. You, you were mentioning before you talked a little bit about craft mm. and the actor's craft. And um, considering... I have a little statement. What do you think about this? Um, no matter how vivid and rich an artist's imagination may be, unless he or she has mastered the tools necessary to express it to an audience, that person is not an artist. <clears throat> what do you think of that with regards to the principle of acting and an actor's craft? Do you think that's true? <clears throat> I, I do. I do only because of the industry we work in. Mm. Um, it, it isn't an easy industry, and it's an industry can that has the power to make or break a spirit. Mm. Um, I have seen people even in, you know, some classes they do where their spirit has totally been torn down. And I've spent weeks or months sometimes trying to build them up. Um, So for me, yes, the strength of who you are. And the reason I like to think of that as part of the craft is you won't survive out there without being that kind of person because the industry that we're in is a business yeah. and it's it's a business because their job is to get what they need done and they don't care who it's with mm-hmm. as long as it's with the people that they know can do the job well. So they don't personally care about us. It's not, I feel sorry for you, I'll take you on. It's, sorry, you're no good, next. And that can be really... Big. That kind of rejection is huge mm-hmm. and it can eventually break your spirit. So strength comes, it's like teaching children, strength comes from slowly showing them little bits and pieces so that they get the idea. Okay, we're learning this. Okay, now what they don't understand is by learning this, it's giving them a bit of strength in that area. So everything that we're learning, everything that I teach I hope gets through as, okay, I'm becoming more efficient at this, I understand it, I'm confident with this, it builds and it builds and it builds and slowly, and what I want to, and what's very, very difficult is building that for an actor without ego, it's very difficult, Mm, it's very difficult, very, very difficult and the craft, I call it the craft because I found that the word acting was running around so much and everyone forgot that it is actually a craft it's a skill it's a skill set yes it's mm. a skill set and yeah. it's and and the thing is everybody has the actor in them it um and what they're doing is training to bring that part of the actor bring that part of you out uh, i'm not saying everybody has it i, I won't say that because that would be totally wrong um it is is perfecting something that is already there so it's bringing it up and but you're not perfecting it you're just it's a continuous learning which is all made up of this craft so yes i i do agree in saying that you can't being an artist and being a good actor and and getting where you want isn't going to last long if the important stuff like being 
a strong person, understanding rejection, not being able to look and be so, be desperate. And because I think there's a big difference between obsession and passion. Mm. And I think when people first start off and they get really excited, it starts to become obsessive. Yeah. It starts becoming, I can't have anything else but this. Yeah. And what they don't realise is they're losing all the experiences of life that makes them strong. Yeah. They're losing all of that because they just want to do this. Yeah. So I always say, and so does my brother, you know, get a life outside of acting. Get something that's going to give you experiences um, that you can remember, um, that you can start bringing in to that wonderful thing that you want to do. Yeah. So, no, I agree. And would you say that, I mean, having that life experience is almost part of building your craft or your skill set? It's it's building your tools because, you know, if you don't have experience to draw from, how it's, it's one thing to be in the training arena all the time and, you know, learning resilience, as you were saying, and learning, you know, skills that you can learn almost from a textbook, but how can you apply them if you've had no... Life no, I agree. To, I agree. Yeah. And I think, you know, immaturity is, can, can, says a lot. Mm. I mean, the English would <clears throat> say the same thing but very differently because they don't really do method acting. For them, their imagination and they're, they're turning an imaginary circumstance into a reality is what you learn in, in terms of classical training. Mm. When you're classically trained, it's it's all of that um to imagination you know being able to take on a character without having experienced perhaps what that character see it's all different techniques of training method is just one of them Mm. method is just one of them but yes i mean i think all of us would have done a lot better if our first jobs were when we were really mature (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? When we're mature, we can handle things. We we can take those knocks um, and we need to be able to take those knocks. So having a safe space like a training room helps people, especially, and that's why I agree so much in feedback, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, it needs to be done mm. because you need to start to understand that not everybody's going to like everything that you do. And um, no, there's a better way. Um, and... No, you don't know it all. And unfortunately, <laughs> that is very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it can be very difficult. So how can... You're saying, like, acting, it's so much training and being in that safe space, but also the craft, as you were saying. It's also living and, you know, is training partly just basically going out, having that life experience, and that is really the basic actor's training? Oh, my God, yes. It, you can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. It's, it's all your training doesn't happen in the classroom. We're actors and we are studying constantly human behaviour. We're ex- having our own experiences, we're having experiences with other people as well. Um, it is human behaviour and... The training, I've always said in class, your training is not three hours one night a week. Mm. Your acting and your training is three hours where you combine all the challenges and and the craft and everything bring into that three hours. But after that three hours, it still continues. You're still observing out there. You're still listening. You're still experiencing. Um, and, I, and that's what doesn't happen. I certainly will tell you that. 
having taught in New York now and in other places, that's the one thing Australia, um, the actors here in Australia find very difficult, and that is they use the classroom, they use it well, trust me, they do. Mm. Um, most will do their homework. Some will become really complacent over it. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of them don't do the work outside the training room. And that, what you just said, Bella, about going out and experiencing and noticing and observing are all things we talk about in the classroom. Yes. So that training should actually continue outside as well. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. And would it come down to also, you know, being able to know yourself? So I think a lot of actors, they'll walk into a room and they'll be like, a lot of people consider acting an escape to a degree. So they don't actually want to know themselves. And if you don't know yourself... How are you going to be a good actor? So how would you tackle that as a coach? Well, that's why I think I bring in a lot of PD in my classes because I think, you know, we all want to play these amazing, complex characters, but we have no idea of what those complexities are. <clears throat> so, in other words, you know, we want to play all these characters that are not us, mm -hmm. but yet how does one find out your boundaries where are your boundaries yours you as a person where are your boundaries um what kind of person are you who are you is there and, and to know us means that it makes it easier and opens the doors to finding out the inner workings of someone else so yes again i will say you're right i think having a good sense of self apart from strength but knowing who we are as people, we have something then to compare to. We have something we can relate to um, when it comes to another character. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, I, I, yes, I don't know whether I've answered that. No, yeah. I think you have. And I think also, you know, knowing yourself and particularly your own unique self. Someone said to me once in a class, I think it was Annie, um, was talking about and there is nobody who is as, as unique as you are. Exactly. And, you know, that's a gift and get to know that. I think yes. so often as actors we shy away from things that we think, like I, for example, am a very awkward person. I fall down a lot. That is who I am and I can minimise that. But I think, you know, often we look at ourselves and the things that we perceive to be as bad or you know, we're not that perfect Hollywood version of, of a human being. Mm. And I think that's such a mistake. Like, you have to be the first <coughs> you, not the second someone else. Yeah, and the unique <coughs> you. No one else can do that. No one else can do that unique, for me, no. level of awkwardness or whatever no. it is, you know. So Absolutely. I and it's to love important. and embrace those things mm. and see them as things that are going to actually help us. Mm. It is what makes us unique. No two actors will ever be the same. Mm. Um, and that's not just in look. I can give you the same script, as you know. And, yeah. you know, I've just seen a script that I remember giving you girls in class <laughs> being done 360 degrees on its head. Mm. Like on its head. I've never seen it done like that before. And so we all have something unique to bring in there, not just what we look like, but how we perceive things, mm -hmm. how we interpret those things come from our own experiences sometimes or perhaps just this is what I reckon mm. this person would do. And that's what makes it so lovely because yeah. we're not competing against other people. We're always competing with us. Yeah. We shouldn't be thinking about anybody else right now. It, it's, it's us. 
Who are we? What do we understand? How do I interpret something? What feels good to me? Yeah. That's what's, yeah, absolutely. And he's completely correct. <laughs> and even when, you, you know, you, you look at that to approach a character, you can approach it, well, how would, how do I think this character sees mm. life? So it's still, you can still become someone else. You can still become that other character. But unless you know the unique you, you can't, I don't think you can interpret it. Mm. Because mm. you're looking at everything th- through... It's almost like you put a filter on yourself and then you're looking at everything through this filter instead of this unique... Yeah. But also unique. it does depend, I have to say, it really does depend on the on the method of training you choose to use. Mm-hmm. So if you were doing it from not a method approach, then everything then is imagination. Mm-hmm. Everything then is what can I create? Yeah, a lot of people. I'll be honest with you. I used to teach Strasbourg a lot, and I've calmed that right down because I think people's imagination is starting to get lost (laughs) because they feel that oh no, I must have experienced this. I've got to call back something that's that 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 caused me so much hassle Mm. and so much so I can feel the pain. No, it doesn't need to be that. It really doesn't. Is there like a risk with method, um, you know, calling back, as you were saying, those memories and bringing them, even if it brings you a great performance, what are the risks in doing that? Huge risks. And if you do it, how would you get yourself out of that? Huge, huge risks, especially when people do not... um, it, It takes years of practice, I'll be honest. It takes years of practice of being able to get yourself in and out of characters. It says... It's as important to get in as it is to get out, yeah. yeah. But it does. It takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of years and that's why method is only just one form. We have other forms that, that create a different part of the psyche, you know, a different. so you don't need to use that. And you can still get a magnificent performance, but a lot of actors we know in your age and, you know, that we know have just completely gone off the lines because of using that. Coming out, again, takes practice. There are certain techniques and skills in order to be able to do that. Um, There are some characters like Daniel Day-Lewis that will not get out of character right through the whole film. And then you'll get someone like Leonardo DiCaprio that can switch like that for lunch. Um, You know, and the minute action is called, he's back on. And I don't know about you guys, but I think I'd prefer the way. Yeah, I think I'd like to be You know, And and that, that that is a skill, that is a craft, that is the love of what you're doing and understanding. A, a huge amount of understanding about what you're doing, but about it, what you're trying. But whether you were using method or um, imagination, as you were saying, it, mm. as we were talking about self, it still would come down to self because even in imagination, you need to understand yourself to be able to imagine the circumstances with the desired effects. Is that would that be correct? Uh, you know what I think. I think we we are putting um, understanding the self through this i think understanding yourself in life is important Mm -hmm. um not because we're using this craft um understanding yourself is always you you've got a base to work from yeah so in this skill we're saying it's 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 a base to work from um and that way you're open to using all different forms and 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 techniques of the acting craft um i think it's very difficult to say to someone you know um, I don't like people teaching too much Strasbourg, I'll be honest with you, because I don't believe that the people that are teaching Strasbourg have had much in terms of personal development mm. in order to help that 
yeah. student to come out of stuff. And the only reason I say that is because I've had students that have come to me, uh, twins, in fact, and one left the industry completely because she was put in a terrible situation in a film and couldn't get out of it. She left the industry and she was talented, very mm-hmm. talented. And that's because, you know... You are you are treated at times. I'm not saying all the time. Uh, I I haven't. So, but there are times when people actors are treated as movable props, and, and yeah. this is what you do. And I don't care how you do it. You just do it because that's what I want. That's what I want to see on this film. So, it can get messy, mm. especially with actors want to listen to directors. To directors are at times in places of power. Um, they want something and you want to give a good job, yeah. <laughs> you know. And no that's, matter what the cost. No, no matter what yeah. the cost. And I think you've got to be very careful. So having a sense of self there and going, hang on a second, mm. I'm crossing a boundary here that I wouldn't actually cross, that takes strength to be able to say no. And I think no. a lot of people don't and then that would lead yes. to poor decisions. Yes. What would you find um, in a creative industry a lot of young or beginner actors what poor decisions or career-affecting decisions are often made early on? Early on, the career-making decisions are, I'll do anything. (laughs) Um, I will do anything. I want to get on screen. It isn't about the story. The story stops. In their heads, it's not about the story. And at times, it's not even about the character. It's about, I need to get my face on screen. I need acknowledgement. I want these things. Um, So fame... Um, acknowledgement, I need feeding. Um, And if I can get people to see that I'm on a big screen, that makes me feel good. I hate to say that, and a lot Mm. of people might disagree with me, but that's certainly what I found, is I just want to get on that screen no matter what. And And so therefore I will do anything in order to get there. I think it's that perception that if they get there, it's not only feeding them, but it's you know that well if, if this person's let me on their screen I must be good it's like a validation of well then someone else is going to hire me because they see me in this project mm. no matter what it cost me no matter what happened or my ethics or whatever yeah. it was quantity starts overtaking quality mm. so you start going I want to get into hundreds of productions so people know my face mm. um, rather than I'd really like to do three productions well, but that people remember. Yeah. You and know. There were good performance Good performance. Not, 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 and maybe challenging you and, and helping mm. you to grow. And yes. In, instead of just... And that, that could be saying we could collectively look at it as an industry because, you know, a lot of casting agents and agents will be like, all right, where's your CV? How much you've been on? As opposed to actually, oh, look what you've been on. Let's Google that. Well, that's big. That's actually very, very true. And it never used to happen before. It is so happening now, which I'm very happy about. They certainly don't look. In fact, they will literally push it aside if they see too many. Mm. So if they see too many productions, they'll just push it aside. Or they will talk when you leave the room (laughs) and say, where are all these productions? You know, where are they? Um, um, Some of these things you will put together as a reel. And that's another thing, by Mm -hmm. the way. Everyone wants a reel and an agent immediately. Yes. Immediately. Yeah, that's what they want, yeah. yeah. I want an agent because if I'm an agent, I can call myself an actor. I need to have an agent, I need to have a reel, and I'm happy to put anything on that reel just so that they can see I've got one. Mm. 
Which is such a risk because if you're putting bad, that's it. Once you're out there on that bad reel, Mm. how can you undo that? It doesn't matter. And the thing is, reels are done and should be done every couple of years anyway because you're always doing stuff Mm. to add to it. They usually date it happily. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you get that, but you see... You've only got 30 minutes. Good, Dan. It's um, fine. We've got a little bit like The worst thing about it is they they want it now. So get it done. Let them, you know, they think it's it's great. Mm. Now, that's where the problem lies. The problem lies in not being able to see or understand what a good performance is. What is a good performance? Instead of doing it and making your friends and your family proud of you, which you're going to do anyway. Yeah, they're going to love you anyway. <laughs> they're going to love you anyway. Yeah. Um, start to take the risks of showing it to people that have been in the industry for a while. Don't, it's almost as though I'm going to do it, but I don't really want anyone to tell me that it's not good enough. Yeah, do you want feedback? Or yeah. Do you want love? Yes. Do you want which yeah. <laughs> Which one is it? You know, yeah. show it to other people. Show it to Annie if she has the time. Show it to your agents that have been around for a long time. Um, show it to your teachers. Uh, show it to people that you know. You know, even ringing up and doing research and finding out who will have a look at your stuff and give you some really good objective feedback. This is good criticism. This is good stuff. But people are very frightened of feedback. They mm. say they're not. But they are. They say they're not. Just as much as they say, Fern, I've come to you because I know you push and you pull and you prod and you do everything until they stand in front of me when I start pushing and prodding. <laughs> and, I mean, I've seen men turn white in the face yeah. with me doing it. But the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, I want, I want, I want. I don't teach you what you want. I teach you what you need. (laughs) The industry is not forgiving, really. So what's going to happen is you need that training environment where it's like, okay, well, you're not good enough, but you can do better. Let's do it. Let's explore. Exactly, as opposed Mm. to, well, you know, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, well, that's cool. You're going to feel great for a second. But when you start wanting to actually book, you're going to get in a very depressed state very quickly because you'll realise you're not equipped. And isn't that... What this is all about is about getting the gigs, mm. yes. isn't it? It's about training the best we can, standing with the best of them, doing great auditions and not walk in, walking in with the right attitude. I'm not walking in to get this role. I'm walking in because, number one, I get a chance of people seeing what I can do. Number two, I'm going in and I want to play because the more I play, the more I loosen up and magic starts to take place. But everybody, it's not like that. It's, I've got to go in this audition because I've got to get it. And if I don't get it, I'm going to get really upset and I'm going to get really sad. And this is the the, the horrible circle, actors. Yeah. yeah. It's the rush. It's that sense of urgency. And I'm not sure where it comes from because there is nothing wrong. We just did a podcast before this on training. And I think there is this rush to finish your training and get out there. And I think that's where that happens, that vicious cycle. I do think that. They just want to be out there. They want to be done. They want the show reel. They want this. But they're not. What's the rush? Say that to a guy that comes to a university and says, I want to be an engineer. Mm. He's got five years training. Exactly. He's got five years training. What makes you think? That this craft and this training is any different. Yeah. We we are happy to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go and get a degree mm. without knowing whether you're going to get a job. Let's face it, in this industry, okay, we've got people coming to my university and going back to their countries to get jobs. Um, 
So I sit there thinking, why are we not treating this the same. exactly the same way? You know, and it's it's all for you. You might not get a certificate in the end, but I'm sorry, I've given I've given certificates for diplomas that I've written to people that shouldn't have got those certificates. Um, and I will say that I'm sorry, I will because I, you know, when you're doing accredited training, you're ticking boxes. I'm ticking boxes. Mm. Have you finished your assignment? Yes. Have you done this? Yes. Have you done that? Yes. I was advised by registered training, guys who'd done their masters, not to even consider doing um, an accredited course again, because um, as you're confined by rules and conditions um, with that kind of training, mm. you're confined by rules and conditions, and there are things you can and cannot do as a teacher. Um, so for me, I actually got told, Fern, for God's sake, don't do it. Take your one-year course that you were going to have an advanced diploma, get it certified by industry, which to me is a hell of a lot better. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> and teach it the way you would teach your diploma. And maybe then, you know, because there's that rush before they even come to training and if then, you know, they're in a training course like that, it doesn't solve the rush problem because no. then they're just trying to rush to tick off the boxes and again, you're still not prepared when you go out mm. and that's where I think the cycle begins of, you know, wanting the agent too soon, wanting to have a showreel before you're ready just I think all of what we've spoken about just slow it down just get to know yourself hone your craft but I mean you at some point you can't wait forever and stay in the, no. tra the training workshop no. of course but just slow it down and really know and within yourself and like you say ask ask for feedback yes. ask ask someone in the industry am I ready maybe before you go out there so that you don't have this world of mistakes because, you know, we're constantly, I think, as actors faced with decisions, like the small ones, like, what am I going to wear to this audition, to the big ones? Am I going to take this job that involves me being nude? Whatever it is. Mm. And I think the best thing you can do, and I don't know if you agree, is prepare yourself not only as an actor in training but for those decisions. For those decisions because they're very big decisions. Yeah. They really are. You've got two kinds of actors ones that are really it's not through not having talent because i know a lot of actors have got fantastic talent but that attitude is just not going to get them there mm. and then you've got the ones that want to rush um thinking that what they're doing is fantastic mm. and not actually you know hey you know what there's nothing wrong with being an actor and wanting to do short films i think that's fantastic I don't think every actor that comes into the craft needs to end up in England. And I'll say England and not Hollywood because I'm not a fan. So, um, you know, that wants to end up in those places. That's great. Um, but ego and feeling like you know more, um, I think, is the end of your learning. It stops. And I've only just got back onto screen myself. And let me tell you something from me to you. I've learned... It's been a long time since I've been on a set uh, or on a screen and I've been very fortunate over this last six or seven months. But it's been so lovely because I've gotten on and suddenly seen it all. It, it hasn't changed. It, um, it's still... All the things that I tell my students that happen on a set still happen on a set. <laughs> and, and you sit there and you look around and you think, oh... If only I could take a camera here <laughs> and show them things so I could go back and show them in the classroom. Yeah. But it, it's still it's still hard. I still today I'm 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 
a good age, um, and <laughs> I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Directors, I've been directed by wonderful guys over the last seven months, and I've learned so much from these guys. You know, that it makes me excited because I'm learning, but it's also something I can take back to the classroom. But it's it's learning while you're out there, so it's very important for actors to do their training, but to still get out there mm. because I and do their stuff. I suppose you'll never really finish your training because people, they think, all right, practice makes progress. Perfect is the worst saying mm. because it makes progress. It never makes perfect. No. And if you're considering yourself a professional in any career, a professional does not keep honing their skill and as an actor I think you want the foundation but then you want to be getting out there and doing yes. things as you build on the foundation absolutely without a doubt that couldn't be, be, be put better oh my goodness I don't want to wrap us up but I'm gonna have to wrap <laughs> us up because we're at the 40 minute mark but I have I have two more questions very small ones one is we'd love to hear about anything you'd love to share about what you're doing at the moment and where can we find you and how can we come and train with you I think I'll start with that okay well um Nicholson's Academy NASA I will say for short works at different locations um, I like to do that so that I can get around the place. Um, so uh, we obviously have a website um, on Facebook um, so they can come. Uh, and now, there is one thing I do want to say, and that is people can't apply online. I'm trying my best at the moment with my website designer to do this, but they can't actually apply on the website unless they've auditioned. So it is an audition-only request and mm -hmm. if you can't make the auditions that are set up then I would ask for a two-minute monologue straight to camera for viewing um, and or a reel if you have one mm -hmm. okay so that's um, what NASA is doing and I, I am getting a lot of people applying but I can't actually uh, you know accept their applications until we've actually seen something mm -hmm. um, so that's where NASA is at the moment I like to work with people um, who who have a desire to learn mm -hmm. um, and a desire to explore and a desire to be a child again um, and and to be able to do all kinds of expressions because in a classroom there is nothing that's wrong um, and I want them to be able to explore and, and not have the fear of judgment. Judgment cannot come into a classroom. So that's saying a little bit about NASA mm -hmm. um, in terms of where we are. Um, you can find us anywhere pretty much. Um, and the other thing is, um, yes, look, I <laughs> the truth is, yes, I have been on quite a few gigs and I've been very, very happy and very, very proud. It's not something I advertise because I'm not that kind of person. That's fine. Um, I kind of um, say, well, yes, I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying being an actor again. I can bring more stuff back into the classroom and tell them about the things that I screwed up on or, <laughs> or, or you know, something changed on me. My God, something actually did change just before they said action. Things like that. Uh, you know, I'm happy to talk about those things. But I kind of figured, no, you know what, um, I'll just keep doing things. And if you happen to see me on screen, you'll see it. <laughs> but I, I'm not really, and I've even said that to my agent, my agent will do my promoting for me. I'm not the sort of person that gets on and says, um, look out for this. I find it very difficult as well. I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm like, I'm one of those actors that's like, see me, see me, I'm acting. Oh, but don't look at me. Oh, God, the horror, you know. <laughs> so I understand that completely. And that actually leads us perfectly into our next question, what um, you were saying. Yeah, our last and final question would be, what would be 
um, your piece of advice that you wish you had heard when you first started on your acting journey? What do you wish someone had, would have told you? Or is there anything? That's a tricky, deep sort of question. It, uh, well, um, and this only occurred after when I was an adult. When I was an adult, I wished, having had the opportunity of working on large sets, I wish someone had told me what this industry was really about. I wish someone had told me, because everything else I never suffered from. Touch wood. Where's wood? <laughs> I never suffered from that. Um, and I'm really happy I didn't. Mm. Um, I didn't suffer from, in fact, my ego was the other way. So I, I don't think I had anything there. <laughs> I never used to tell people when I was on um, film. I never used to, like I am now, but I never used to tell them when I was doing a play. I never, I never even told my own parents. So... It was the craft. It wasn't about how many people saw it. It was just I loved doing what I was doing. So, um, but when I started getting on big sets and stuff, yeah, um, people talk about you, Fern. And that, that's me talking to Fern as an actor when she was really when she was younger. Okay. People talk, Fern. Um, crew talk about actors. Industry aren't there to hug you and to help you and to mollycoddle you and make you feel okay on the days that you don't get anywhere. Um, they are a business, Fern, um, and they shouldn't need to have to care. We must take responsibility as actors to care for ourselves. We must take responsibility for our learning and we cannot, and Fern, not that I ever did this because I just didn't. I don't know why I didn't. Maybe that's a good thing. But if you're not getting chosen from your agent, um, it's because there's something you're not doing. It's not because your agent doesn't care, because your agent would love to book you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your agent wants you to get that. Um, so it isn't your agent that's doing something wrong. Look at yourself, that's what I said. Look at yourself all the time. Have a look at who, what you're doing. Can I get better? Can I be better than yesterday? And keep working on things yourselves as well as make sure you get a... Oh, that's a big one. Get a teacher that you can trust. Mm -hmm. And you will only know when you're there. I need, can I trust? Do I agree? If I don't agree with some of the things ask um so trust in someone um and and trust in yourself to make those right decisions and to constantly keep learning just keep learning no matter how it is whether it's in a class whether it's outside with your friends whether it's in someone's house with a video camera um and look back at yourselves and really have a look reflect yes mm. study Study this wonderful craft by looking at films. My God, what kind of... Trust me. I mean, how many places say, look at films and do homework? I mean, I, I'd say that was pretty great time to do homework, you know, watching a film, for God's sake, um, and then discussing it. Yes. So um, there were a few things there that I would have told. <laughs> hey, that was amazing. Um, sorry. <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to end on that because I think that was, that wonderful. was absolute advice gold. Anyone trying to make it in this industry, this is great advice and I hope you've listened to it.
I agree. I agree. Thank you so much, Fern. Thank, Thank you so, so much, much for, for inviting me. Goodness, you should have stopped me 15 minutes ago. No, it was a pleasure. We needed to keep you going. <laughs> Absolute goal. Right. Thank you so much, thank everyone. You. And thank you, Bella, um, for co-hosting this week. And uh, you can catch us on Instagram and Facebook. I'll let the trailer say everything else. All right. Bye, guys. Yeah. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Post Dramatic Stress. To connect with us or to register to come on the podcast, visit us at www.lettingcharlotteout.com or email us via postdramaticstresspod at gmail.com.